Hello again, and welcome to episode 26 of In Gear with the Shop. I'm your host, Reagan Dickinson, and our guest is Dwayne Gerritsen of Come Get You Some Off-Road in Fort Smith, Arkansas. Now in its 20th year, the shop is a true blue American success story, starting with practically nothing and building one of the largest off-road shops in the region. So let's get in gear with Dwayne to find out the keys to his success, what's going on at the shop now, and what the off-road market is like in their area. Can you give me an idea of the the type of work that y'all do, kind of the breadth of the work that y'all do? Well, we are basically the only real four-wheel drive shop in a 100-mile radius. So even though we do lots of truck accessories, you know, everything from bug shields to Nerf bars to rain guards to bed covers, uh, we also do LS swaps. We do tons of gear installations. We do lots of stuff that, you know, pertains to the Overland market as far as ripped-top tents. Uh, mm-hmm. We work on tons of cool classic hot rods as far as drivetrain. And, and most of okay. the drivetrain that we do is actually gear installs. We sell and push the Yukon brand, which has been huge for our business and our race program. Uh, top-notch stuff, top-notch service. Uh, the tech side that they offer is fantastic. So, you know, if we ever do have any kind of small issues or questions, I mean, they're on it and we can get the customer happy, get the gear set up properly and everybody wins. And, and y'all have your own race team. Is that correct? Uh, yes, sir. We do have our own race team. We race the 4,500 series ultra four car. Okay. Tell me, tell me a little bit about that and how that's been going for you and, and what it's like to do that for your own race team. I, I assume y'all, y'all outfit other race teams as well. Is that correct? We do try to help other race teams. Uh, racing is one of those real specific things that, you know, once mm-hmm. you have a race car and you get on a race team, then you kind of stick with that race team uh, almost always until you stop racing, especially in a smaller area like Fort Smith. Uh, so there, yeah. there's not a lot of racers in this area that are racing on the national circuit level, but we mm-hmm. have had, you know, a bunch of different guys come and go that have been part of our race program until it's just either, you know, not feasible or not fun or, or too expensive or, you know, they get into a different hobby. But we have been competing on a national level since 2007. We, okay. we started out with the World Extreme Rock Crawling Series, uh, the technical yeah. cone dodging. Uh, and mm-hmm. we did that probably till close to 2012, 2013. And then that same organization opened up a racing series called Dirt Riot which was endurance racing for like our class that we were in was an hour at a time. So we decided to try these endurance races and basically just got hooked. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't do a lot of NASCAR watching, but the best way I could describe dirt right would be like the Bush series compared to the NASCAR series. Uh, a lot of people kind of get their feet wet in the dirt ride series. And then, you know, as things progress, then, you know, they sign up and they race an ultra four race or two races, or they go to King of the Hammers and, and get hooked into that. And then basically, you know, if you go to King of Hammers and you do well, then you want to race the entire series, you know, and, and try to pull out a national championship. Uh, you know, that's the ultimate goal, but it's a, it's a long season. It's a lot of work and it's a lot of money. Oh, how does outfitting the race team, does that, does that inform you on, on your regular business side? Do you learn things from that? that you can apply to your business when you're outfitting other people's vehicles? Yeah, we definitely do. Uh, the majority of the people, I think that race in the ultra force circuit that we spend a lot of time around, 
uh, I would say at least half of those guys are into four wheeling like we are. They're, they're associated with the local club. They have a, a Jeep or a truck or a buggy or a truggy or something that they've built that they four wheel, you know, on their off weekends or when they have time. So just being able to sit around and talk to those guys from different states and different areas and see what parts they have on their rig and what works and what doesn't, you know, as well as all the race products that we use, you know, anything that's on an ultra four car that finishes a race is a really good product because we are, (laughs) we are putting these cars through the mill. I mean, literally through the mill. So, you know, if you have Yukon gears in your race car and you finish a race, then a Yukon gear set's going to be good for any daily driven vehicle, any Overland rig, any kind of trail rider, you know, and the, and the same goes with other products like the Warren winches, uh, red flow suspension, uh, Yokohama tires, race line wheels. You know, these are products that we run on our race car as well as most of our trail riding cars. And they're also the products, you know, when the customer has the, the funding that's what we try to push in the store if we can sell you the best product available you're never going to wonder what if you're never going to have an issue if something does go wrong and you have a failure you absolutely bought the best product you could so it's just one of those things that you you deal with and you learn from and you move on and what kind of market trends are you seeing in your area as far as what's what's kind of trending what's popular What's maybe not so popular right now? What's what what seems to be working for y'all as far as sales go? I think that the Overland market uh, is probably the biggest market in the off-road segment, and I would say that the side-by-side market is probably uh, comparable, you know, if not just a tiny bit behind as far as in our business with the the outbreak of COVID and mm-hmm. everyone working from home or you know possibly working broad not yeah and what type of access yeah what type of accessories seem to be moving for y'all on the overland market i would say that the most popular accessories that we sell seem to be rooftop tents uh Mm -hmm. any kind of air compressors or air compressor systems so that you know these these customers can get their rigs out and air down and get good traction and then be able to air back up on their way home or when they're getting back Mm -hmm. on the highways so uh, rooftop tents, awnings. Awnings are very popular. Right. What do y'all have rolling in the shop right now? What, what kind of projects are y'all working on? Right now, we are putting a, a LS 6 liter in a CJ7. Mm-hmm. We are doing a Hydra Boost brake system on a, like a rock crawler style YJ. We are disassembling a 13 model JK for a 6.4 Hemi Swap. We're just waiting on the engine to show up. Uh, and like on our day-to-day, like today, we're doing a, a 2-4 lowering kit on an 01 Chevrolet. We're doing a couple leveling kits on some new Chevys as well as some new Toyotas. So it's just, I mean, our business is really diverse as far as what we do do. So it might be a leveling kit one day. It might be a 10-inch lift the next day. It might be a lowering kit the next day. Uh, I want to say Friday we lifted a 2010 Cadillac car. So yeah. it's uh, it's really just something new every day, which, you know, just keeps it interesting and keeps it exciting. Uh, it keeps everybody in the shop, you know, 
on point as far as being able to do a good variety of different things. But I would say the majority of our business being a four-wheel drive shop is drivetrain related. Lift kits, Mm -hmm. lowering kits, shocks, struts, ball joints, wheel bearings, gear sets, traction devices, you know, stuff like that. So it sounds like y'all can do just about everything. And I'm wondering, how did you get to this point? I know y'all started in 2001. So you're on your 20th anniversary now. Congratulations. Thank you. So tell me how you got there. How did you get from basically nothing to being so large now? I mean, I, I, I think you're probably one of the largest in the state, if not the largest. Yeah, it's just a passion and a lot of hard work. Uh, in 1996, I bought my first four-wheel drive. I was 25 years old. And uh, it snowed the first day I got this thing. And me and my buddies took it out at (laughs) night after work. And I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. So it wasn't, you know, a week later, I had searched out and located the local four-wheel drive club, which was the Rock Crawlers Club out of Northwest Arkansas. Signed up to be a member. Started going to their events and and riding with their club. Uh, Joined another little small local club started going to their events and you know and riding the local trails and basically just got hooked into four-wheeling as a primary hobby Mm -hmm. uh maybe uh probably closer to 1998 uh, we had started our own small four-wheel drive club and i got set up with a couple different distribution companies that were giving us good deals on parts so I would, you know, we'd go to a ride, people would break stuff, people would want to upgrade, they'd want different wheels or tires, I'd make an order, we'd get it in for the club, you know, and we'd disperse the products and, and put the money back into the account. And basically that just turned into a good way for us to start a small business. So I actually had a partner going in in 2001 and uh, he was a little younger than me and uh, we went to the bank and asked for a loan and, you know, they immediately wanted collateral. And I had three kids and a wife already. So I didn't have a whole lot of collateral just because I was so young. And my partner didn't have any collateral because he was just 18. So uh, rather than me risk my home and my vehicles and everything that I had worked for up to that point in life, we just decided to take a signature loan. So they gave us 2500 bucks, And uh, <laughs> we rented a building with another guy that was trying to start a welding shop. And uh, we just put in... 60, 80, 90 hour weeks for 10, 15 years. And uh, luckily yeah. in 2015, I was able to purchase the entire company from my partner. And uh, we've just been very fortunate to stay as busy as we are. Okay. And what is the size of your facility now and how many employees do you have? I have three full-time employees and one part-time employee. We have a 7,000 square foot facility. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have basically four bays with four racks and uh we like i said uh, we, we could probably grow but right now i feel like we're a good size to keep our customer base happy to be able to have a one-on-one experience with every customer call our customers by name because we know most of our customers and and you know getting big would definitely be better as far as the money aspect but at the same time as a dad and a father and a racer and a business owner is all the stress worth a little bit more money. Right. You know, it's just hard for us to gauge, but right now we, uh, we're doing good. We stay about two weeks out 
So it's, it's, everything's just awesome. I just really can't, you know, see it any other way right now. Well, what's the most important lessons that you've learned in building that business? I think the most important lessons, you know, would be helping the trust build between you and your customer. You know, when these when these customers go out and they spend seventy five thousand dollars on this new Duramax truck and they want to drop it off at your shop, they want to know that when they pick it up, it's going to be as good or better than if they took it to the dealership or any other shop. Mm-hmm. You know, they want to know that you're going to treat their vehicle with the same amount of respect that you would treat your own vehicle. Uh, they want to know that you're going to, you know, go back over things and do things a second time if needed. Make sure it's a hundred percent before you even call them and tell them it's ready to pick it up. Um, right. So I think, you know, the trust and the consistency, I think are the two biggest things that have put us on the map where we are. You know, in going into the shop and, you know, how everything's laid out in your processes, are there things that you've implemented to ensure a smooth operation? So there, that it's... there are a few things that we have implemented over the years. Uh, yeah. You know, one, one thing that we implement as far as a smooth operation is we always try to contact the customer before their appointment and, and make sure that they're going to be on time make sure that they're having any issues we can reschedule throughout that day or the next day or, or whatever's convenient for everyone. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, we always like to greet our customers when they come in the door. Uh, I've learned a long time ago that I'm a handshaker. I like to shake, <laughs> I like to shake a man's hand. I like to call him by his first name and I like to look him in the eye. And that, that sounds a little old school for today, but I feel like that's that's still huge. And people appreciate that. They do. And, uh, you know, we do, like, if say if you had us put your lift kit on, one thing that we're going to do is we're going to schedule your appointment. We're going to get our deposit. We're going to call you to confirm your appointment. When you come in that morning, we're going to greet you. We're going to tell you that we're going to take care of your car. We're going to, you know, let you know that we're going to call you when it's ready. And, and we are going to do all those things. But mm-hmm. we're going to try to put the best possible product that we can on your vehicle so that we have the least amount of issues, the least amount of warranty problems. You know, we want you to be as happy as you want to be. Mm-hmm. Are, are there any things that you've done from an organizational standpoint? Uh, again, kind of going to that, the flow of work that goes for the shop. Are there certain things that you found that have worked better to ensure that stuff gets done on time? Um, or as on time as you can, um, and goes through that process smoothly. Yeah, I would say the one thing that we we try to do as far as to make sure that a vehicle gets in and out on the same day if it's supposed to would be mm-hmm. when the customer comes in and they decide what products they want us to install, we order the products that day. Even though we have two weeks worth of boxes stacked up and waiting to be installed, we try to get all of the products that we're going to put on your vehicle on hand, you know, a week or two weeks before we're even going to do it. We try to open the majority of those boxes. We try to look at the packing contents and we try to make sure that we're not going to have issues with a lift kit missing a box or missing a bolt kit or missing something that's going to make this one day project a three day project. Uh, The majority of the vehicles that we do work on are daily driven vehicles, you know, as far as the ones that we're supposed to get in and out in one day. So, you know, these customers need these vehicles to take their kids to school, 
to go get groceries, to get to work, to do their entertainment for the night or weekend. So, you know, we, we try our best to make sure that when you drop your vehicle off, when we tell you it's going to be ready at five, it's ready at five. Mm-hmm. You know, all the guys in the shop, they do know, you know, every morning we have a calendar. We'll look at the calendar and we'll be like, okay, you know, these are the customers that are coming in. This is what we're going to do. This is where we need to start so that we can get, you know, these vehicles to alignment or, or whatever is needed, window tinting or whatever's beyond the first step of the project so that we can have a good successful day and everybody can be picked up and out of the shop, you know, on the same day. Now, do you have other services that you provide to your customers like financing or anything like that? We do offer some financing to our customers, uh, pretty big companies actually. And most of them are pretty well known. Uh, you can go on our website and click under our financing tab and it will take you directly to two different links that you can apply for online. One of them is Synchrony Financial. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's a, you know, a huge company that offers financing in a multitude of different segments of the automotive market, as well as, you know, furniture and other things that, uh, the Synchrony Financial, the, the good thing about that is it's pretty much based on your credit score. It's real similar to a credit card. Uh, they mm-hmm. do have six months, same as cash, no interest financing. So, you know, that attracts a lot of customers uh, that, you know, basically are, are waiting on some money or think they can pay it off in six months and not have any additional charges. Uh, the other one that we have that you can click on our link is called ASEMA. And ASEMA is real similar to synchrony as far as a, you know, a financial institute that's willing to loan money for car repairs or upgrades. But ASEMA is more directed on how you get paid. If you're, uh, if you uh, have child support or alimony, or you get some type of settlement check, or, you know, with the new, the new wave, 99% of our persons in the U S are getting paid electronically. So they're getting a, they're not getting a paycheck per se, they're getting a draft and it's being mm-hmm. automatically drafted to their account. Well, ASEMA focuses more on how you get paid. So if you have any of those situations to where you're getting money electronically put into your bank account on a weekly or biweekly or monthly basis, then you're almost guaranteed for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, and depending on the amount of money and the amount of money you want to spend, that's going to dictate, you know, the amount of money that they're going to allow you to use. Okay, so you give them a couple of options there on your website with that tab. Have you found that, is that helpful for your business? Have you found that that kind of helps drive it a little bit? I do feel like it helps drive it a little bit. You know, uh, not everyone has all the money in their pocket or their checkbook, you know, to do everything they want to do. Uh, So a financing option definitely helps some people get some things done, you know, whether they need it done or they want it done, you know, a lot faster. What have you found are the biggest challenges in upfitting new vehicles? The amount of models of the same vehicle. And what I mean by this is like, say you have a Chevy Silverado, you got an LT, you got an LTZ, you got a high country, you got uh, so many different packages that are on the same platform. And, you know, which that makes it nice for a new buyer to go buy a vehicle and they can get a lot of the extra accessories or premium sound or navigation or or whatever they're looking for when they're purchasing a new vehicle. A lot of the aftermarket accessories as far as nerf bars, receiver hitches, 
bug shields, rain guards, you know, things of that nature are different between those submodels. So our counter guys really have to focus on exactly what truck or vehicle the customer has, what model he has, and then we have to make sure and do our research on our end to make sure that the product we're going to install is 100% for your vehicle. It's going to fit that model. And it's going to, you know, perform like it's supposed to perform. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and just to add to that is like so many platforms now are starting to come out with diesel engines. Well, with the diesel engine, you know, you have a urea tank and you have the DEF fluid, you know, and all those other aspects of the diesel market most of the stuff that goes on a diesel truck isn't going to fit something that goes on a gas truck, even though it's just mm-hmm. a Nerf bar or something basic. You know, those, those yeah. slight variances are, are really what makes the customer happy when you sell him the right product the first time. You schedule his appointment. He comes in. You put the parts on. He picks it up. Everybody's happy. Nobody likes it when customer makes a plan. Somebody picks him up, he drops his car off, he's excited about getting some wheels and tires installed and a lift kit, and then you call him at 8.30 and he's like, hey man, I'm sorry, but you know, we didn't do our job very well. We're not going to be able to do this today. We're going to have to reorder these parts. We didn't do this correctly. You know, that doesn't look good for anyone. And you know, it also doesn't give the customer the confidence that we want them to have. Well, you know what the music means. Our time is up. But I appreciate your time today and for sharing uh, your experience with us and your perspective. Thanks again, Dwayne. I appreciate you very much. Thank you, sir. You can subscribe to In Gear with the Shop through your favorite podcast platform, whether it's SoundCloud, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. And if you're subscribed to the Shop's daily e-newsletter, you'll know when the latest podcast is available. Plus, you'll stay up to date on the latest in the automotive aftermarket. Just go to theshopmag.com. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, adios amigos.